These delicate strips of film are the materials which record and transmit the creations of Hollywood. We're, we're talking pictures. All right, guys, welcome back to episode two of Wreck or Drek. As always, my name is Evan, joined by David over there. Younger. A very tired, very not so young anymore. I'm sleepy. Yeah, he is inside of his microphone. I can barely hear him. I will not take his snoring as offense. I'm just a sleepy boy. That's okay. And you know what? We have a very short episode of Record Drag tonight because not much came out in the last two weeks. Yes. And those last two weeks are the first two weeks of May. Um, I'm also laying down, so it's going to be short because I'm going to be asleep. We are going to have a 60-minute therapy session with Dave as he lays down on my couch. Mm-hmm. And nothing will be solved because we need more than 60 minutes Damn. to fix him. Damn. Um, if that's <sighs> even possible. <laughs> so tonight we will be talking about three movies. The first of which is Love Again. Second will be What's Love Got to Do With It? And the third will be Fool's Paradise. Okay, I was going to say. All right, so where do you want to start with? The Lovely Bones. (laughs) We're going to start, we're going to talk about Stanley Tucci's The Lovely Bones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Where would you like to start with? The first one. You want to do Love Again? Well, yeah, hold on. I thought you watched the first uh, episode of Bupkis. I did watch the first episode of Bupkiss. You know what I'm talking about that? Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's um, Keith, uh, Pearl... What the fuck is his name? He's SNL boy. Everyone Pete Davidson. Him. Yeah, Pete Davidson. He's super hot. He might that. be one of my least favorite humans he, yeah. alive. <laughs> and I watched one episode of this eight episode drop, and I just found the thing so unfunny. What's that show about? It's a it's show. It's another show about his life. And I thought Ugh. we already got that with, with the, the, the King of Staten Island yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. But we have another piece of content about Is it. Is life that interesting? Is that crazy? No, it's not interesting at all. Is that, what has happened? Was he in a cult or something? No. He was, just beat, he was a human being that got in the comedy. Well, I think the movie, um, I mean, his dad did die in 9-11. Uh, but I think the movie, okay. it does pertain to that a little bit. This movie, I think, is just supposed to show how Miss interpreted he is as a person or as a star i'm not really Any sure interviews other the show is garbage the first episode was bad the only bright spot of this show is that you know who's one of the other stars of the show no besides Edie falco who we're not going to talk about again <laughs> um joe pesci oh really yeah so he plays his uncle and he's joe pesci and I'm like, this is great. I've missed him. Oh, that's nice. And I don't know how he lured Joe Pesci out of retirement yeah, right? <laughs> to do this. So it's, um, it's, a, it's like fiction. It's like a fictionalized version with a lot of like inspired by events of his life. He's Just not him being missed. stars. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a TV show. Oh, okay. All right. I thought yeah, it was no, like, no, no. he's like almost like a reality show. But he's, not, he I plays mean. himself though. Okay. On the show. He plays Pete Davidson. Oh, so it's a... The actor. Ugh, okay. It's like that Curb Your Enthusiasm type thing, or, or Jerry Seinfeld. But yeah. Him. No, that's a, that's a great wreck, or okay. a, a great comp is the, is the Curb thing. Got it. Because, well, Larry David is playing Larry David on that show. Okay. Yeah. And yes. it's just a more exaggerated version of his life. Okay. And um, 
I mean, this movie opened, or I'm sorry, this TV show opens up with um, Pete Davidson uh, watching porn on a VR headset, and his mom comes down to Very the basement funny. where he's masturbating, and he just comes on her shirt. And that's the very opening scene of this show. And the climax of the show is Brad Garrett's. Brad Garrett's on this show. He plays from Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay. And he, Joe Pesci wants to have a night out, a boys' night out. And Pete Davidson arranges for this prostitute to have sex with Joe Pesci. And he sniffs this out, decides not to do it. But they also brought around their other family member, played by Brad Garrett. So Brad Garrett has sex with the prostitute, and he dislocates his hip trying to have sex with the prostitute. <laughs> okay. So Pete Davidson has to just physically thrust Brad Garrett's hips into the prostitute. Ugh. And that's the first episode of this TV show. All right. It, yeah. This is why Pete it's that didn't cringe. write a lot of the sketches for SNL. <laughs> it's just that unfunny. It sounds and, cringy, yeah. yeah. All right, so it's gonna be a drag, sir. Uh, it's a drag. It's gonna be a big time drag. I only want. I don't like. I don't like uh, rating episodes after just one showing. Okay. Um, but to me, that's you can't get drackier than that. It might get better. You never know. It might get. It might. You never know. It might get drackier. Yeah. Um, what's love got to do with it? Did you see a preview for this? No. Lily James. Ah, who we love i love her so much um i'm looking it up so it's a rom-com where she and emma thompson are mother and daughter and they live next to this i believe they're a pakistani family and they're one of their sons who lily james grew up with is getting married and these families were very close to one another they always hung out growing up together and he's getting married, one of the sons from the Pakistani family. And Lily James is a acclaimed, award-winning documentarian, and she returns home. And she decides that for her next documentary, she's going to film this son getting married because it is uh, via arranged marriage. And she wants to just film all of the cultural aspects to that and how they're considered assisted marriages now and not arranged marriages, just to kind of have like a better label on it. Okay. And it's tries to be a meditation on the fact that arranged marriages or assisted marriages have a, a lot less of a divorce rate than just normal marriages. I think in the movie they say like divorce rate is like 50%. But divorce rate of assisted marriages is like six percent. So it has like it po- like it points out like a lot of like interesting ideas about um, is it better just to have the people that you love arrange a partner for you rather than you just to go out and find one on your own. Okay. And like a lot of things like that, which like I don't know, like they they tackle that material very interestingly. Um, this movie is ultimately. And I know you like this. It's a soft wreck. So the romance in this movie is just non-existent. Oh. And the comedy 
<laughs> she almost fell off the chair, man. I was gonna say the comedy in this movie is non existent, but I just witnessed some comedy here. I almost fell off the chair into the into the sleepless night. I'm tired. They just almost <laughs> into the bed. What do they call that little area in Get Out where they're just like drifting? Oh god, sounds comfortable. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at my eyes in the video right sink, now, and they're sunken. Sink into the floor. Sink into Evan's couch. Uh, and the comedy is is not entirely existent. The movie's like actually like more of a good drama, but they just feel the need to eventually put Lily James and this other character, and I don't know the actor's name, um, they put them together at the end. And it's so clear that they are friends. Like they are should oh, not really? be romantically oh, interested. Because it, it, it does posit like a lot of interesting things about like, it shows Lily James's dating life a little bit. She has a friend who was married and... They have two beautiful children, and one day her husband just, um, it's uncovered that he's been cheating on her with, like, a co-worker, and they try to work it out, like the husband and wife. And you have this other side of the coin where um, the neighbor is has an assistant marriage, and it's just, like, all the dealings with that, and his younger brother just had an assistant marriage, and that one's going really well. So it has, like, all these different dynamics on, like, all these different relationships and marriages, which I thought was, like, pretty interesting and really good. It's just, it's trapped in a movie that wants to be a rom-com, and it's not a rom-com. Okay. It just, it doesn't, it, it thinks it's one, though. Because it just, it's so weird, because by the end of the movie, like, Lily James and the main character are just, like, sitting in, like, the treehouse they always, you know, like, hung out as, hung out in as kids. And, like, they kiss for the first time, and she's, like, laughing during it because it just feels awkward to her. And it just like, it felt awkward to me watching it because it didn't seem like they should be together. Weird. It, very strange. So I did like the movie as a drama, but I did not like it as a rom-com. And it has, like, some really good... has a really good, like, dramatic arc to it because one of the children from the family next door, the Pakistani family... She marries someone that's not of their religion. She marries a white guy. And they are just disowned from the family. And Lily James makes this documentary. And she interviews that daughter that was disowned and her husband. And the Pakistani family is just like, how could you air our dirty laundry like that? How could you do that to us? But it ultimately gets that family to just talk about their issues more rather than just bury things beneath religion and custom and oh, all these nice. things. So there's like some really good like elements to this movie. And it's just like there's a really powerful scene when like the daughter comes to the house at the end with her baby and she introduces her baby to her great grandmother now that a was the first one to disown her for marrying outside of their religion. And it's like, the music is swelling, and it's like, it's really emotional. It's like, really well done. And then it's just like, goes back to being a rom-com. And I'm like, no, like, you have a lane. Just stick to it. Got it. Um, so, that ultimately, sucks. a soft wreck. That sucks. Yeah. All right. Uh, Love Again. Did you see a trailer for this one? I don't think so. Priyanka Chopra. Oh, yes, and I laughed every time. <laughs> I laughed every time. This is a Hallmark film. Celine Dion saves Priyanka Chopra and Sam Hughes love again. Mm. That's the headline? No, this is from the Telegraph. Oh, thank God. Yeah. 
The way that's the headline from the yeah, Telegraph. From being a damp squib is the, well, they, that's the damp Telegraph. Damp squib. Yeah. <laughs> Celine Dion says Priyanka Chopra, Jonas, and Sam Hoagans. Your hands love again from being a damp squib. <laughs> Damn. That sucks. What did you think about it? <laughs> Should we have called our podcast Damp Squib? Damp Squib. Real reason behind sleep. Oh, and I lost the internet, so it didn't even want me to finish that. <laughs> um, this is it a damp squib or is it a soft squib? Hard squib? It's not squib damp. Clip? But it's not like a dry squib. <laughs> <laughs> not a dry. I'm gonna write not dry squib. <laughs> okay. So, like the opening scene of this movie, like Priyanka Chopra is like madly in love with this guy, and they meet at a coffee house, and he's like walking away from the coffee house, and she's got a seat that faces the street and a big picture window. And she's watching him walk away. We don't see him. We just were fate cameras on her watching him walk away. And then we just hear like a car screech. Oh god. And then the little Wilhelm scream. Yeah. And is and it then, actually the Wilhelm scream? Yeah. Oh my god. And then it's her face reacting to her Jesus. boyfriend getting hit by a car and getting yeah. killed. Getting a, like killed by a TIE fighter. <laughs> like shooting him at the what the hell? So her boyfriend dies. You, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Can you call a person a damp squib? Often misheard as <laughs> damp squib. The phrase damp squib, what the <laughs> fuck? Has since often misheard as damp squib, the phrase damp squib has since come into general use to mean anything that fails to meet expectations. The word squib has come to take on a similar meaning, even when used alone. As a diminutive comparison to a full explosive. <laughs> Man, this movie was a damp squib. That definition well, is more do, interesting like, do you than the movie. Square up, damp squib. <laughs> the definition is more interesting than the movie. Uh, okay. <laughs> what is the function of a squib? All right, I'm going too deep. All right. <laughs> so the movie is basically she loses her boyfriend and then she is just like a wreck for two years. And then she decides to try She's and move on. <laughs> She's a drag for She just she tries to move on, but she can't. So she starts texting her dead boyfriend's phone number, uh-huh. and little does she know that it's been reassigned to Sam Houghton's character, who guy. just got this work phone with that number. So he gets all the text messages that she sends her dead boyfriend. Hot girl text, hot guy. But she doesn't know like who it is, obviously, okay. and she just thinks he's texting an, an you know, a, an empty like his number. She thinks yeah. he's texting him, but he reads the messages and he falls in love with her prose and like <laughs> how she sounds. And he, he says something like, hey, "These these messages are really." Uh, they really got to me. Really turning me on, making me horny. So he wants to find her and meet her. Rock so she texts one night, like, I'm going to move on. I'm going to date to this restaurant. So she goes to the restaurant. So he sees this. So he also goes to the restaurant and sits at the bar to see if he can find her. And I see thought who it was it a ball. She went to a ball wearing no, a yellow bar. dress. A bar. Well, we're not there yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. okay. So she goes to the bar on a, a, tind- a, like a Tinder, a Bumble date. And it's with Nick Jonas. Oh, yeah, he's in the trailer, and he's yeah. being f- silly with his mouth. Um, ooh, 10%. He's, um, can I can I take some, some yeah, juice? Yeah, have some of my juice, man. 
My phone doesn't want to hear this anymore anyway. <laughs> there you go. Um, he's actually pretty funny. He's really good. Nice. Um, he has he has maybe uh, five minutes of screen time, just the one scene. Nikki. Um, but eventually he orchestrates it where he does just stumble upon her and meet her, and they obviously fall in love. And his coworkers like, "You have to tell her that you got the messages," and he doesn't tell her, and she eventually finds them, which is a totally unforgivable offense. Sure is. It's totally unforgivable. Yeah, yeah. It should be. Absolutely. So, while this is happening, Sam Halton's character is a music critic. You wouldn't think it was romantic? I guess this is the whole point of the movie. It's yeah. like, someone would be like, oh, it's kind of cute. You know, if I, if I was talking to a girl, and she was like, hey, I was leveraging your grief against you <laughs> <laughs> for months now. Um, um, all right, well, I found you. I do like you. You so know? he is a music critic, and he is tasked with writing a piece on Celine Dion. Who? Oh. My heart will go on. <laughs> um, and while writing the piece, he starts to befriend her, and he tells her the whole story. Sorry, I was just remembering the part of the trailer when she's like, <laughs> it's Celine Dion, and she's like, oh yeah? And then Celine Dion sings, and she goes, and it sounds nothing like it. She's like, oh shit, you must be Celine Dion, because you almost sounded like a Muppet. That's exactly what happens. Shit, alright. Keep going. So, um, yeah, him and Celine Dion strike up like a friendship over this whole story because Celine Dion, like, I don't know, is like supportive because like this is she can see in this guy she's a goddess of love. She can see in this guy that he's now a man and that he loves this girl and he uh, senses her his change in body language and posture and all this, you know, his his uh, midichlorians are uh, off the chart and all that, yeah. So, instead of writing a piece about Celine Dion, after Priyanka finds out that Sam Houghton has her dead boyfriend's number, he writes a piece. His article is just a, a letter to Priyanka Chopra's character just explaining the whole situation. Yeah. Live and, one night only. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the- and, of course, she consents and she forgives them and all is well in the world okay and that's yeah. actually just how it ends there isn't he hasn't come back there's no ghost haunting no or... <laughs> oh well the ghost does show up because they're what? for one scene oh, no, no no but it, it wasn't bad though it wasn't bad it wasn't bad no it's it was more like from a grief angle like she's talking to her dead partner's ghost so like she goes to this she has like a favorite restaurant and the oh, owner man. of this restaurant his wife died. So he's like, every night, like, I have dinner with my wife. Like, I go home, I pour a glass of wine, I sit at the table, and I just, like, talk to an empty chair and just tell my wife yeah. about my day. So she does that at the end. And then, you know, her boyfriend appears, and, you know, as a ghost oh, she's or not a spirit. actively talking to the ghost. Like, f- she doesn't know the ghost is there. No, it's like it's like in her head. I understand. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Okay, I thought like the no, ghost no, no. shows up and she's like freaked out that she can now see her. Okay, no, 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 it's not nothing like that. Aspect. Nothing okay. like that. It's not a, we don't have a Charlie St. Cloud situation going on here. Okay. <laughs> no. All right, all right, all right. Okay, no, that's um, sweet. That's nice. The, okay. the grief stuff of the movie is actually the strongest part of the movie. Okay. Um, it tackles it really well. It handles it really well, and their chemistry is is pretty solid. 
which is what you want. Yeah. Um, they just fall in love too quickly. They fall in love over like two or three days. Yeah. And it's well, actually pretty funny that they do fall in love that quickly because the last line of his article is like, meet at our favorite spot. And they go to different spots. And it's just like, well, no duh, because you guys don't even know each other yeah. and you don't have a favorite spot. Oh, and cute. it's just like he wrote, but it's not done in the movie for cuteness. Uh, to oh, me, yeah. it was just like, you don't know each other. Sorry, you would like, go to different spots. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like he wrote it and I'm like, oh, they're going to go to the opera where they met. We're in the ball gown yeah. and all that stuff where they meet yeah. for the first time. And he doesn't go there. He goes somewhere completely different. He goes to a ch- uh, chicken Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll end it on this. This movie is has the strangest plot point of any movie this year. Because Celine Dion is the third lead of this movie. She sure is. Every song in the soundtrack is of her. Oh, yeah. It's new songs. It's old songs. She's from the work. It makes it a plot of how much Sam Houghton's character doesn't really care about Celine Dion in the beginning. And then he starts listening to his lyrics and he just can't get enough of them. I've never heard Little okay. do we know, Celine Dion is an executive producer of the movie. Oh. So she is just push it oh, how can is... she not be pushing things yeah this is an album movie and to put a little cherry on top of this sunday the entire credits of this movie is the entire cast singing celine dion that really yes it is just intercuts of every single cast member on different sets and different spots are they good singers well, oh, they're not like... singing. They're just mouth singing. Oh, okay. While oh, Celine, <laughs> we can't we can't sing over Celine. Yeah, I thought they were like it was the music, and then they cut to the actual actor doing their best to sing that line. Like during the pandemic, that would be okay. All that those actors were singing that song, and it was just fucking <laughs> dreadful. Do you remember that night? I do remember that. We were all already sad, and this thing was just making us sadder. God, it's I, like I, Sam Houghton is on like a Scottish countryside wearing a kilt and a Celine Dion shirt, and he's just like lip singing his heart out to sleep. Like it's a vehicle for Celine Dion. Yes, the whole movie. Is. She's back. She never left. Oh, okay. Yeah, she has like the longest Las Vegas residency that's ever really. Yeah, ever, All which right. is crazy. Which makes no sense why we need a movie to yeah. promote her more. <laughs> but like I said, the grief stuff in this movie is really well done. Um and their chemistry is definitely a lot more than what we've seen in recent years. Um, it's definitely Drek, but it's not uh, unwatchable. I found an article that here's this is what it says. Uh, my wife gave me Botox to help me find love again. It's boosted my confidence. <laughs> what are we? What are we shooting up there? Yeah, that has nothing to do with the movie. I just it says love again. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, dry, not a dry squib. So that's great. So not a dry squib, not a wreck. It's not damp either. This is drek. It's drek. Not damp. Um, <laughs> great. All right. The last movie on this episode is Fool's Paradise. I'm looking it up now. Do you watch the trailer for this? Fool, possibly. I don't. Charlie I don't, Day. I don't remember names. I just uh, Paradise. Charlie Day. Um, Yogi Berra. No. Fool's Paradise. Yes. He's ready for his close-up. Oh, God, no. I don't know. What the fuck is this? Ray Liotta? Look at the cast for this movie. Yeah, I'm looking at it. How did I not see this? 
Fool's Paradise review. No talent, no problem. <laughs> what the hell is the... Hold on. This cast is insane. That's right. I agree with this. Um, Jason oh, yeah. Bateman. Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, I got you. Uh, Ken Yong. Um, Kate Beckinsale. Andrew Brody. Adrian Brody. Adrian, yeah, it's small. Adrian Brody. Eddie Falco again. Eddie Falco. Eddie Falco. <laughs> Common. Common. Plays a bum. Ray Liotta and John Malkovich. What the hell? Yeah. How did I miss Directed this? by... Charlie Day. Yeah. Holy smokes. And this is a Buster Keaton... Um, a fool for love becomes an accidental celebrity only to lose it all. Is this his first time directing? Yeah. Wow. So what's up? Drek. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess... See, that's the power of getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wanted this movie to be good. Yeah, all of that. It's, Holy shit. So it's Charlie Day. It opens up with Charlie Day in like a some sort of mental hospital where he has the mind and mental state of like a five year old where all he can he can't talk and all he does is like mimic what people do. So there's like a joke where it's just like, all right, so we're going to give him a lot of treatment. Everything's going to be good. And the doctor's like, no, we don't can't afford that. We're just going to ship him to downtown L.A. So they just like ship this guy to downtown L.A. And. Ken Jong is a publicist and he finds him and he stumbles upon a movie lot and he looks exactly like this world famous actor who's also played by Charlie Day. And he's, but he's like a complete malcontent. Like he's difficult to work with. So they just decide to put this other version of him. Switch him out. Switch him out. And then the other one dies, the the head case. And everyone is like enamored by how great this Charlie Day is, even though he's not talking the entire movie. He doesn't say a word the entire movie. Okay. He's just... It's a comedy. Yeah. Um, and it wants to be like kind of like a fun, satire take on Hollywood and things like that. Um, the jokes just aren't there. Ken Jong is like the true lead of this movie, and he's probably the most annoying person that you could ever want to be oh. the lead of your movie. Um... All the cameos are in this. I mean, Bateman and Sudeikis are in this because they were all in Horrible Bosses. Yeah. So there's obviously some favors going on here. I think Glenn Howerton pops up for like maybe one scene. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a great like Buster Keaton style performance yeah, from Charlie Day. Like it's and his direction is really good. So it's, it's just a shame that the movie around him just doesn't work. Interesting. It's just like a, it's almost like a series of bits and they just don't all come together. So he might be back to direct something else. But his performance is so good. Oh, really? Like, it's so good. So it's not worth and watching it, based on off of that? No, because it's the ending is also, is very bad. Oof. All of a sudden, it just ends. Oh, yeah. And it stresses this friendship between Ken and Charlie that should not be the main focus of this movie. And it's ultimately just not funny enough. In Fool's Paradise, only the cast and crew know what's funny. <laughs> so someone said. That is exactly true. Is Charlie Day's directional debut Fool's Paradise a snooze fest? Here's what's and then they just continue. <laughs> it's a shame because like he he's his directing style is good. It's promising. It's nothing like spectacular, but it's promising. And his performance is so fun. Like. If you told me he was going to make a Buster Keaton biopic tomorrow, I'd be like, 
I'm, I'm into it. Yeah? Yeah. Right. Like, his facial expressions, his mannerisms, his movements, like, it kept the movie watchable. Okay. And I actually saw this. The theater was pretty packed, and oh, wow. the audience reaction was not Ugh. great. You hate to see it. Yeah. But ultimately, Damn, it's, it's a dreck. So the best out of those is is definitely um, What's Love Got to Do With It. And even then, that was okay. a soft wreck. All right. Not a pretty light week there. Yeah, very light. Um, huh. Okay. Well, yeah. great. I mean, I, I was, it just sounds... It's interesting because Fool's Paradise, you're it's, you're kind of selling it to me still. On I know, Day alone, but, but like, it's really not that good. Huh? You watch the trailer and you're like, "Oh, this could actually be pretty funny." And it just doesn't. It, I guess you're gonna be spend most of the time just being bored. Okay. If you find the humor funny, it's it's gonna be worth it. Okay. To me, like the jokes didn't land, the bits didn't land. It was just like, yeah, yeah. Are you gonna be able to catch up on the rest of Citadel to get the Seuss Valley? <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly I, not. I did so, watch the first one, you and get the first episode. Uh, it was not good. Mm. You know, I have a hard time watching Stanley Tucci act anymore because I read his book, and he not even essentially states, he literally states how he just takes acting gigs for money now. Wow. So it's just like, I can kind of see it He's now, Stanley. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you want to search for Italy and make your cocktails online and, yeah. and look for food, and I love that, but it's just yeah. like, I'm not going to buy you as a CIA spy or handler yeah. Yeah, or whatever. time is uh, whatever. Well, next podcast, next Record Drek episode, there's a lot going on. Um, there's a lot more movies. You're going to fill that up. Um, I don't want to make yeah. false promises. No false promises. But you got a lot going on, man. You got a big, big... There could uh, be some fun things there. Big week. There's yeah. going to be some better movies, I think. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Uh, right? Thank yeah. you. Thank you for... Right? Thanks. Right? <laughs> thanks for listening. And, Why are you uh, thanking me so much? <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. Look at me. Thanks for enlightening me and letting me on this. Next time, maybe somebody else will come on, and uh, <laughs> we'll have a good time. And I am going to go to bed. I'm not even sure you were on this podcast. No, I am going to go to right to sleep, I think, <laughs> and I'm going to wake up, and there'll be next episode. So, um, good night, and I love you, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye.